heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. We are a week past Valentine's Day. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah? <laughs> okay. So, isn't this a week past Valentine's Eve? Uh, yeah, a week and a day. So, yes, yes, Vinny. Was it really Valentine's week? Uh, last week it was. It was. It was? I yeah. missed it. Oh, I think heck. the optimal word was week, gentlemen. That's right. That's right. And uh, I am excited today. I'm excited every week when we do a show and, and just love having the opportunity to talk with my friends and, and talk with you guys and just really explore what God's doing. But this week's especially exciting for me because Howard, our producer, is going to join us. Howard, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, gentlemen. <laughs> that was very political. That was excitement for Howard. It was. <laughs> it was. So today's topic, we're going to continue to talk about spiritual warfare and in the room there's robbie Vinny, al me and howard and and so we're gonna um talk a, a little bit more peeling back the layers of spiritual warfare so to speak back to really the core thing that the enemy comes after the enemy kind of builds his whole case his whole battle plan upon this topic we're going to talk about today and we've talked about it in the past but it's something we we feel compelled to visit once in a while don't we robbie yeah, woundedness. Yes. Yeah, it's a painful <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. In fact, when we do the boot camps, it would be like time to prepare for a headache and whatever, because if there's anything Satan would like you not to be aware of, it is that you have wounds. And if he has his way, he likes to frame those as father wounds. Because the idea is he's coming after the father's heart. And if you begin to think that the Father's heart's not good towards you, then you perceive all sorts of things. So those wounds, especially if you perceive they're from a father or father figure or the Heavenly Father, then he can get you to do all sorts of things with how he spins that. Absolutely. And Al, is it possible for somebody to get through this life without having wounds? <laughs> Only Jesus, but look at all the wounds he took. Yeah, and he did as well. And so... Life happens to people. We have a lot of broken people out there. I don't think that's a big surprise. Watch the news. Watch the daytime talk shows. You're going to know there's broken people out there. And so when there's broken people, and by the way, there's broken people in our churches as well. Those, those people are broken. And, and we're going to get wounded when we're around broken people. And we're going to wound others because we're in the process of being repaired ourselves. And so I mean, when I talk about this woundedness, you talk a little bit about the father wound. What if somebody's telling, sitting there saying, look, I don't have any wounds. It's just a flesh wound. It doesn't matter. All those things that guys say. What advice would you have to them before they try to check out right now? Yeah, I remember Todd sitting here for me four years ago, and he said, every man has a father wound. Now, Todd Clark, he's been a member of our team for years. And I was really frustrated at him because I, I was like, I don't have a father wound. I had a great father. No, that can't be me. And when I started to peel that onion back, and saw the freedom that Christ had for me, understanding my woundedness, uh, there's a lot of freedom to be had once you, you go there, although it's painful because a lot of us don't want to face that. 
And it may not be that you had a really difficult father, but the, there's still a way that that got framed as a father one. Absolutely. Maybe you had an overaggressive mother and a passive father. You know, that can still be, you'd on the surface say, okay, well, my real issue is my mom. Well, yes, there's, there's some of that, but then there's also a dad that didn't enter in to, to protect. And so your v- vision of God will often be, are you going to be there when, when I need you? Right? And so there's things that the enemy does with these wounds that we all take, and he, he tries to get you to buy in to different things on him. He tries to get you to buy into um, it's God's fault. He tries to get you to buy into it's, it's all Vinny's fault. it's all someone else's fault it's a godfather it's all someone else's (laughs) fault which is not the truth either um it's all your fault and and the thing that he really wants you to do is is make you believe that he's not there and so we're going to go and we're going to listen to a clip it's one we've used before but this this clip really kind of sums up where you have to get to with your wounds you have to you have to find out what they are and you have to have them brought to the surface. And then at some point, you have to be able to deal with them. We're going to listen to this clip from Goodwill Hunting. And in this, Matt Damon is about the end of the movie. And he's been uh, being counseled by Robin Williams. Um, and at this point, Robin Williams is kind of taking that wound question right to him and bringing it to the surface and helping him deal with it. So let's listen in. What is that? It's your file. Just send it back to the judge for evaluation. Hey, you're not going to fail me, are you? What's it say? You want to read it? Why? Have you had any uh, experience with that? 20 years of counseling. Yeah. I mean, have you had any experience with that? Personally? Yeah. Yeah, I have. My father was an alcoholic. He'd come home hammered, looking to wail on somebody. So I'd provoke him so he wouldn't go after my mother and little brother. Interesting nights for when he wore his rings. Yeah, he used to just put a, uh, a wrench, a stick, and a belt on the table and just say, choose. Your foster father. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what is it like? Will has an attachment disorder? Is it all that stuff? Fear of abandonment? Hey, Will. I don't know a lot. You see this? This is not your fault. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know. It's not your fault. That is always uh, a hard clip to listen to. Uh, Robbie just kind of brings out some some thoughts in you, doesn't it? Yeah, I actually watched the whole movie last weekend, uh, which it's a very hard movie to watch, and there's certainly a lot of language I would not promote, but there's some real healing in that. And it brought me to a place that was so familiar to me because 
when Christ has brought me into wounds similar to this, especially father wounds, it's really a hard pill to swallow that it wasn't my fault. And it's a really a place you got to come to that you were duped into, and, and I know a lot of folks have been victims of abuse. You've been victims of all sorts of other things. And for some reason, we feel like we let ourselves in for that, that we had this coming. And it's really an interesting place to be to ask Jesus to come in and realize that he, he really did pay the price for that. He really did what it took to set you free. But essentially, at some level, you were duped into this, and it wasn't your fault. As I was um, working with uh, Kim, who's a friend of the show, he's a, a, a counselor I've been to to see once in a while, and, and, and a good friend, and, and we talk, and was going back into some of this um, things that I was dealing with. I wasn't liking how I was feeling. Really, Nothing was really going bad. I just wasn't liking how I was feeling about myself. Nothing I could put my finger on, and went to see Kim, and, and we started to peel back into some of my woundedness as a kid, which involved... Um, some sexual molestation, and, and really what the agreement he had to move past was exactly that. I couldn't move past thinking it was my fault. Right? I could have compassion for everybody else that's been involved in that, you know, and I could see where that wasn't their fault, but I should have known better. And that's what he had to help me get past was that, that big point that it's not your fault. I was just waving at you. Oh, okay. Hi, Howard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, you're you're making some good points there, and uh, as as we grow up and mature, we want to accept responsibility for things that we do. And one of the tough things is that sometimes things that you do aren't necessarily your fault, mm-hmm. and you know that creates a situation where you're constantly questioning yourself. Exactly. And this is kind of hard to fathom a little bit in today's society when no one wants to take blame. I mean, it seems pretty ironic that publicly it's hard to get anyone to admit that they made a mistake. But privately, the enemy's trying to get you to buy into that these things are your fault. And actually, Rob, you said something that the breakthrough came for me with Kim was when he said, are you going to was was Jesus's ordeal that he went through not enough to cover you? Are you going to cheapen that by believing that it wasn't enough for your heart? And that's when the breakthrough came. And in a matter of guilt is where that wound is affecting you. And as you watch the movie Goodwill Hunting, you can see that like a lot of men, the way he expresses his problem is through anger. And he's going off on everybody and getting in all sorts of trouble because this is trying to work through this guilt. And I I certainly can relate to that because I find it in my life constantly. You know, one thing I've noticed is whenever you talk to somebody who is going through depression, suffering in some way, they always say, this is different. This is different. Well, it's never different when it comes to the blood of Christ. When he takes away your sin and he takes away your pain, all you have to do is actually let it go. And that's the toughest thing. You know, for me, I see everything black and white. My wife sees everything in gray and we get to that point where when I became, when I got involved in this me- message and I started believing that it wasn't my fault, I, for me, it was a catharsis. I was able to let go of 
almost everything at once and then a little bit afterwards, but my wife is different. She still holds on to things that she knows aren't her fault. It's, you know, even though she knows it, there's something about, I think it's just some personalities, they, they can't navigate that clearly through black and white. It is difficult. It is because you, you've lived with it for so long. You know, for me, I, I'm 50, almost 52. You know, and this thing happened to me when I was you know, 10 years old. And so 40 years of layering, layering on top of it, the agreements that are made. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But then we're going to enter into tying this all together. How does this spiritual warfare really play out? How does the enemy use all the different pieces? Come back and join us in the next segment, and we'll love to dig into that. You can always come up with an excuse for not visiting longtermcare.gov. Oh, I forgot. Game night. After all, who wants to admit that one day they will be, you know, old? Hey, do you see any crow's feet on this face? I don't. But since 70% of older Americans need some kind of long-term care, why not do some free planning now so you can stay in charge? Visit longtermcare.gov and find your own path forward. For our troops and their families, the military is more than a career. It's a journey. And every step along the way, the USO is there. It's an experience that that soldier will never forget. That's what the USO does. From the time they join to the time they transition out of the military, the USO is there, offering programs and support along the way. It's way more than a free phone call for us. It's an opportunity to stay mom. And the USO makes it all possible. Be a part of their journey. Learn more today at USO.org. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are talking today about spiritual warfare. We're still on that topic because there's so much to it. And we've been kind of revisiting the topic of woundedness and how that kind of plays out. In the last segment, we played the, the clip from Goodwill Hunting in which Matt Damon is speaking with Robin Williams, which is always, it's very, very hard right now to listen to Robin Williams clips without being very sad because uh, of some of his brokenness, quite honestly. But Robin Williams as a counselor didn't deal with what he was seeing on the surface. His, Matt Damon's character, the, the counselors he'd seen before that, did that. Fear of abandonment issue, does he have it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, anger issues, does he have them? Yeah. But it wasn't the lowest thing down that was causing the issue. And as that great counselor in that movie scene, he went at the woundedness. And that's where the breakthrough came. That's where the breaking of the agreements came that we talked about a few weeks ago. And Robbie, as you've talked about having some woundedness, there's been some agreements that's been tied to those, haven't they? Yeah, the the agreement <laughs> that in, in the case of Goodwill Hunting mm -hmm. w was that I can't trust anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and you, when you feel betrayed by people, especially like I did with my girlfriend and my best friend at one point in time in my life, that you tend to isolate, and then Satan really can have a field out with you. That's one of the many places that we commonly agree, uh, besides some other sinful behavior, that, oh, well, now I know that I'm a whatever um, sin that is that you deal with. Satan's going to label you an alcoholic or whatever, and you begin to take on that agreement, or even a loser. Like, mm -hmm. I always make a mistake here. I always blow this. This is where I'm going to blow it again. And, and where he tries to take you? is to the place of isolation. All those eventually will lead to isolation. 
you, you talk about trust, and you can have trust issues on the flip side when people say good things to you and compliment you and give you credit uh, for having done a good job. You can also question yourself and say, you know, are they just being nice? Or do they really sincerely mean what they're saying? And should I give my pat self a pat on the back? Right. And that's something that you just have to look in the mirror and say, okay, am I, do I like what I'm seeing as far as the behavior that I demonstrate? Those things that really drive me nuts about myself, where do those originate? And we weren't born with them. You know, they've happened since we've been here on this earth and somehow they, they got to be part of who we are, or at least that's what we think. And so that woundedness to get back at it, you have to be willing to go there. And it's a difficult journey. It's not one that uh, is easy, but it is so worth it. Because once you can break through that, just like Matt Damon's character, you get to the other side, which is healing in life that Jesus promises. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about this message is the term that I use or that, that I learned from Todd and several other people. It's time to check under the hood. Now, you would think the Christian car guy would know about that kind of thing. <laughs> But when all of a sudden you overreact to something your kids say or to your, the, something that your wife says and you're just furious and it's time to check under the hood because this reaction is way too much for what's really going on and it's nice to know, wow, I need to check under the hood. What's really going on here? What is this a wound that's being pushed on? Is this an agreement I've made? Is, this, is there a vow involved in this? Those things are, are right there, obviously. Al, you made a point earlier off air that sometimes – our woundedness, when the enemy can get us to, to step into it, it creates woundedness for others, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, with my wife and I, we struggle with that where, you know, in my woundedness, I can, I can lash out. And then in her woundedness, woundedness, she can also do the same thing. And then while when we're in that conflict, it wounds the kids just by being in the same house because they know the tension. And... You know, speaking to what Robbie was uh, saying just a moment ago, I know just uh, the, over the weekend I had the problem with my daughter. And it wasn't a real problem, but she kept, every time she saw something she liked, she wanted, wanted it and she asked for it. Everything she, just as soon as it hit her mind, she wanted it. If somebody was getting something, she wanted it too. And I got, I got frustrated with that. And, you know, it wasn't until, you know, last night when I realized that was something I used to get yelled at for. My mom would always say, oh, you're so selfish. All you do is want for you and want for you. But then that was kind of the, the environment I was raised in. We always put high value on the stuff. And then this morning I talked to her because school was out. And I said, you know, mommy and daddy do all these things for you because we want to teach you how to love and take care of other people. Not because we want to shower you with stuff. Not because we want to do things to make you happy. But there's a point behind it. You have to think of other people. That was... For her, that was a gotcha moment. She really got a hold of that. And I think, you know, it's fair to say your daughter's how old? Eight. Eight. And so an eight-year-old should think a lot about themselves, right? right? The, the world revolves around them. If that was a 18-year-old, it would be a little bit different story if they still had that, that view. And for me, that was a guilt trip that was placed on me into my mm -hmm. 20s and 30s. So the reaction for me was, was my woundedness coming out in her. I know that... When, we, um, when I got introduced to this message uh, years back, uh, unfortunately, my daughters were already well along the way, uh, going from childhood into uh, being young women. And, and I realized that you know, one of the wounds that I've talked about in the past was I would get so mad when I thought they were ignoring me. And, and I, 
and finally I got tired of just getting mad that easily. And I said, God, okay, I'm, I'm going to step there with you. What's causing that? And he brought back the memories of my oldest sister saying, you know, shut up, motor mouth. You got nothing to say. You have nothing important to say. And, and just that, oh, no, I'm going to be, someone's going to hear me. Right. Right. You know, and I can control this and boom, the anger. And so once I could start dealing with that, I can't say that I still don't push against it once in a while, but I catch it and say, oh, no, I'm not going to take that bait. Because the enemy uses everything in his arsenal at one point or another. And that's going to take us to a clip. And it's actually a combination of two clips that were put together from We Were Soldiers. At the beginning of this clip, he's preparing his men as they're getting ready to head into battle against the enemy. And then as the, at the end of the clip, you're going to hear they're towards the end of a battle. And just listen to how both sides of that plays out. And we're going to come back and talk about it. Look around you. We're moving into the valley of the shadow of death. Where you will watch the back of the man next to you as he will watch yours. So let us understand the situation. We are going into battle against a tough and determined enemy. Right now they're planning their final attack, the one that's going to finish us off. They will at us all night and then come dawn they'll hit us with everything they got. Oh, that's what I'd do if I was him. You know, when I think of this clip, it makes me think of a family because, you know, they're talking about you got to take care of the man to the right of you and the left of you, left of, left of you. And in a family, that's your wife and that's your kids. That's their spouses. When they get married, you have to watch out for each other. But it's it's interesting how, you know, the attack will change. I know for me, I used to lash out and attack, you know, the just the yelling or the demeaning talk. And for a woman, the question is, do you see me? Do you find value in me? Well, when you're demeaning them or you're attacking them, the answer is no, I don't find value in you. And, and I've realized over time that, um, I've, especially over the last several years, I've really tried to pull away from any speech that puts my wife in that position. But we noticed that on Sundays, especially when something happens is frustrating, I'll just kind of shut my mouth and stay away. And to her, that's withdrawing. And that's saying, you don't see me. Before it was, you don't have find value in me. If I don't speak when I have a, a struggle or I'm frustrated, it hits the other wound. Yeah, and that's where the enemy wants to play both sides. Right. And, and he's good. In that first part of that clip, he says, you know, we have a tough enemy. And we a often, determined. Yeah, a determined enemy. And we often underestimate the enemy we face. Often we don't even recognize he's there. And, and so getting somebody to just see it's there is part of the battle, isn't it, Robbie, to open their eyes to, hey, there's something more going on here. Yeah, it's absolutely huge to realize that there's more than just you and God on the stage because, it, you know, as I've reasoned before that if it's just me and God, it must be me messing up because things are sure going bad when I don't realize that it's the enemy that's been attacking. And the other thing that becomes glaringly obvious in the spiritual, in the Christian life is that once you become a Christian, once you start to live in some freedom, you are painting a bigger and bigger bullseye on your back because as Satan looks out across the horizon and he sees you reflecting God more and more, then you become more and more a target to the point where often, <laughs> when we're in the midst of these battles, Sam, I can't tell what my own voice is anymore because I hear all this stuff that I can't tell. Is that me thinking or is this Satan thinking or is this God? Where is it coming from? And, it, and it's like shell shock. 
you know, just white noise everywhere. You just, you just, it's just coming at you. As we're listening to the the second part of that clip, if you've watched that movie, and it's a tough movie to watch, it's based on a true story. But one of the first things that the enemy did in this real battle was he broke off communication. And so that's the week, the first week we started, we talked about miscommunication. In, in our everyday life, that often leads to mistrust. You know, Al, you talked about mis, um, misunderstanding intent. Right. Right. And so that's just a miscommunication form. Absolutely. And, and you know, understand we've been around, um, some of us more than others, Robbie, a lot more in your circumstance, but the enemy has been around since the beginning of time. I mean, since literally since the beginning of time and he's watched and, and paid attention. And it's also, you know, when they said that uh, Satan was cast from heaven, a third of the stars in the sky were sent to earth. Well, the enemy has got all this experience. They've been watching this at the beginning of time. They, they know what we're thinking just by watching the way we act. So they can't read our minds, but it's an experienced enemy. So we have to all that more devote ourselves to God and focus on what he wants, his will. But we can't be fearful of the enemy. No. Right? There's bit. no reason to be afraid of him. I encourage you to go look up in Romans. I think it's in maybe chapter 8 where, he, where Paul writes that nothing can separate us from God. Right. We've, from the love know, of Jesus. Nothing. Who's won the war? We know right. we have. It's but just it, a matter of... But the enemy's not neutered. <laughs> no. I mean, he's not. He still has some teeth to him. And, and he's going to come because the more that he can try to take you out, the more that he can play upon those wounds that you get often as a small kid or, or as a teenager. Um, it could be any time in your life, but most often he likes to, to work on those because they've been with you a long time and he's been able to build on those. If he can get you to step into some of those agreements, then he's really kind of got you, Robbie, doesn't he? I mean, he's got a good hold on you when you're living in that agreement. And another thing he commonly does is he will attack you when you're tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and, and if, if you're involved in ministry in some way, you know, when you come home Sunday afternoon after you've taught that Sunday school lesson and you're bushed, he's coming after you. That's, Absolutely. That's when it's coming. Or in the morning while you're getting ready. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's crafty. He knows... He knows man's story. He was there before man. He knows our story. He knows what's happened to us. And, and, and not to give him too much credit, he might not have caused everything that's happened to us, but he's been on the backside trying to take advantage of it and play both sides. And so he works those agreements. He tries to get you to make a vow not to trust others, not to be open to woundedness again. I'm not going to be vulnerable. He, he tries to get you to, to lose your identity in Christ and forget who you are. And don't let him win this war. Christ has already won it. Just walk with him through it and say, God, I invite you into this broken place to meet me here. See you next week.